Well, hello, everybody. This is Paul Garns, executive producer of Queen Sugar, and we're here to talk about episode 707. And I'm joined by two guests that will add a very unique perspective to this conversation. And I think I'll start with introducing our director of the episode, Patricia Cordoso. Hi, Patricia. Hi, Paul. So good to be here. We, we met you season three of Queen Sugar, and you are back as one of our all-star directors, um, and you got an all-star episode. An absolutely amazing, incredible episode. Oh, well, we can't wait to talk about it. And you can't have an all-star episode without a star. We also are joined by, I think sometimes we call him G-Money, a.k.a. Calvin. We're joined by Greg Vaughn. Yes, sir. Hey, Greg. Yeah, I was looking for the the, the, the all star, the, the all star of Ethan. You know, I thought he was here. You know, oh well, you know, bumped me over. But I'm really <laughs> excited and honored to be a part of this conversation today. Well, we have started these things out in the past, kind of talking about the early days of Queen Sugar. And I feel like as we've been doing the publicity for this final season, you've had the opportunity to have a lot of conversations about Queen Sugar, what it means. And I think that, you know, as we talk about the legacy of what the show is and we talk about the stories and the characters, one of the great things that Queen Sugar did was give opportunities to directors. Your career as a director is very different than some of the other careers of directors that we've had on the mm -hmm. show where we've had people who've done movies where they may say, oh, I've never heard of that director or, wow, I have to go see that movie. You, before you came to Queen Sugar, directed a movie that people saw a really wonderful movie. So tell me about your journey, how you came to Queen Sugar and what that process has been like afterwards. Yeah, so, you know, before Queen Sugar, I had directed two feature films, one of them very well-known, Real Women Have Curves. And uh, I've done like two television movies and a web series and a lot of shorts. I won Student Academy Awards, lots of Sundance Audience Award, uh, DJ Awards everywhere but I couldn't get an episode of television. And I wanted to direct television and I kept knocking the door and nobody, I couldn't get a meeting. And I had this, I changed agency three times, hoping to get like a television agent and I couldn't. And, um, and uh, fortunately, Eva called me and gave me episode two of season three to direct. And after that, I've been directing nonstop. You have, and you did a wonderful job with us and has done so many great projects after. I just think your story is such a great example of, you know, though we've had a lot of first-time directors, you were a director that did everything that you should have done to have those opportunities, and they didn't come. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's so wonderful that Queen Sugar could play a role in broadening out everyone's understanding of your talents and, uh, and you know, giving us the opportunity to work with you also. Well, I'm very grateful to you and to Eva and to Own and to Oprah and to everyone. And, you know, I I always say that, you know, February is Eva DuVernay and Queen Sugar and Oprah's month in my <laughs> house because, because Eva called me February 1st, 2018, and you're not going to believe this. You call me February 1st, 2022. Are you serious? tell me if I wanted to direct in season seven. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That is some symmetry right there. Yes. That's amazing. That is. Greg, you have to, I guess, give me some glean of the experience. Because, I mean, you know, you're, you're, you know, living your career. I can't imagine that you thought a series like Queen Sugar was in your future at the time. What was that process like for you? It came at a very, really, um, uh, a time in my life that um, I was leaving one show and then, 
you know, I thought it was just like one door closing and I look forward to something new, exciting and, and that where I could really challenge myself. And then I, when I laid eyes on the script of Queen Sugar, I immediately knew that this is something that I wanted to be a part of. Uh, the landscape of the characters and the story and the relationship, which was exciting for me um, because there was a bit of real life experience in my own personal life. Um, you know, having a, an interracial couple, you know, and, you know, learning uh, just a cultural difference, but a family experience, and the family was the root of that, you know. And uh, and Calvin coming in, I was like, man, this guy has really got a very complex, you know, issue. And then his family, her family, um, but my, uh, my, my cousin, his wife is African-American. And so I always was so fascinated by his personal life and their just their families, the unity, because I've seen it evolve over the course of the last 15 years. And I was just like, man, that's a really, so he was my muse in a sense. And so, and the connection that Rutina and I met when we first read and screen tested, I knew I was like, I've got to be a part of this. Yeah, you guys had sizzle. I mean, I think it's interesting because we have all these great relationships that we model out in the show. But one of the relationships that, you know, is so interesting is the Nova-Calvin relationship. It burns so hot mm. that it sometimes injures the both of them. Yeah, we, 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 we had our, you know, we were closed in a lot of areas. But when we were allowed the space to really talk about it, and I think, you know, Ava was trying to navigate that along in the first season, especially, mm -hmm. you know, because it was just coming on, right? I mean, it, everything was happening so fast when we were all cast and we came together and we had the big table read. And then, like, the next week it was like, hey, I need you in Louisiana. I need you in New Orleans, you know. And it was the beginning of something new, which was exciting and um, scary. Yeah, you know, yeah, leaving yeah. home, which I, you know, was a father of three boys, and so it was just an adventure. But I knew that the uh, the creative process was going to be magic because I was a fan of Ava, and yeah. I was, you know, and it just having that that leadership quality uh, and her voice, and then being surrounded in a new culture, environment, new city. But what we were about to begin routine and I, we all had different conversations, but we got to know each other mm -hmm. and the scope of where it, it was just like, we were the fabric of this quilt. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. we were all putting a thread in there Yeah, and really allowing it to evolve and make this beautiful blanket, you know, thing. And so that first season was just a really life changing moment. The early days of a series are, is, is so fun just because, you know, as a group, right, as a crew, as directors, as actors, we're all kind of contributing uh, the parts and pieces you need to make a, a three dimensional character, a three dimensional mm -hmm. story. And one of the things I always am impressed with is the ability that you have to have, and I'd love to hear your thought on this, as an actor to trust that process. I mean, because really, I, I'm trying to think, I think the first scene we shot was maybe the opening scene of it was yeah and you know so so the first time we're going to do a scene we're like okay here's we're going to do a scene and get undressed yeah that, that that love scene yeah that really set the tone it's it set the you know and that's a lot of pressure on the first but this is the first time you get to really work not only with your your co-star mm -hmm. number one on the sheet but it's like this is ava's baby mm -hmm. you know and this was her first opening into the tv realm if you will yeah. um so there was a lot of in in you know and with the cast we all got there on different times getting settled getting familiar with our environment and as we all talked i 
I completely isolated myself in the city mm-hmm. as everybody was like outside of the bubble, you know, and for different various reasons. But for me and, and the role, I really wanted to immerse myself inside the city so I could connect with the people mm-hmm. and, fee- and, and feel Calvin and his family familiarity and knowing how the, the city moved, the heartbeat of the city, the soul, the magic, because the art, the, it's a special place. It is. It and is. we had so much fun in the city, but the people themselves, they really immersed, they embraced us. Yeah. And yeah. it was in that isolation, separating yourself, but like you know, I mean, our Nova and Calvin, their time together was not amongst the rest of the family. Yeah. You were isolated. We were just really talking, was. and you know, before we started, and I was surprised because you're right. You never had any scenes at the farm. Never, like never, you never saw it. Saw the farm to this day. I still haven't seen it, <laughs> but it's beautiful. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, we, you know, but we were we were right in the heart of the city, right, and uh, off Bourbon Street, right, shooting yeah. in a really small cubicle space, and you know, this was our first step into the room you know and this big beautiful love montage that we created and 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 allowing i wanted her routine to be as much as comfortable yeah. as she could be and and be free mm-hmm. and ava set the tone and we've just you know outside of our table reads and having you know conversations for hours and hours and backstory creating what what was their their what was their magic what mm-hmm. why were they each other's first love in a sense and yeah. we really were i mean we had we created like three hours with ava a beautiful backstory yeah so i have very deep fond memories you know and it's, that is you know evolved over seven seasons seven seasons mm-hmm. yeah patricia t- tell me i mean what it was it like kind of walking on to set the first time i mean obviously knowing that you wanted to go and do television did it match your expectations of what you thought that process would look like? You know, walking into a cast that, you know, had bonded over mm-hmm. a period of time and you were the new person in. That's kind yeah. of the plight of a TV director. What was that like for you? Well, the, it it was a very layered experience. You know, I think the first layer was that it was the first time in my life that, that I was not the only woman, the only person of color, the only immigrant in the room, but I was the norm. And that was amazing yeah. to be the norm and to be like everybody you know like you know one one more yeah and uh, and then i also had the 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 fortune that i shadow demand davis mm-hmm. directing uh, episode 301 so i i i kind of knew what uh you know what to expect and I have to say that it's better than what I expected it. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> the actors were all so collaborative and, you know, such a, you know, team players. And I didn't have the privilege to have you in 302, but uh, yeah. then I had lots of you in 707. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, um, and you know, the, the cinematographer, I work with Kira, Kira Kelly, yeah. and, and it was just also very close collaboration. So it was a like, very joyful, you know, I just, people would call me and I say, where are you? I'm in heaven. <laughs> It's funny you bring that up because when Kira joined the show, a unique phenomenon happened one time for me because I would go often on a lot of the early tech scouts when the directors would come in and start prepping. We would be getting ready for the next episode. So I would kind of bungee and go with the the incoming director while the uh, current episode is shooting. I remember one day and I don't know if who was your AD. Do you remember who your first AD was? It was a woman. It was Anne. 
Yes. Yeah. So so the funny thing is, it might have been your episode. I remember at one point being in the scout van, and I was the only man, which, I mean, has to be a unique thing. And it, it stood story. out to me at the time. The director was a woman. The cinematographer was a woman. The first AD was a woman. The yeah. location manager was a woman. The production designer was a woman. Yeah. I literally was the only guy. I was like, oh, this is cool. Because yeah. I mean, it's, it's so unique. It yeah. never yeah. happens. Because it's always the opposite. It's, like, it's always, always the only opposite. men and uh, you're yeah, the only it's woman. It's always in the, the opposite. The uh, but tell me from your standpoint, I mean, you've worked in this business a long time. I mean, you come onto a show where all of a sudden only women are directing. Was that different? No, no it's just I, I have other women that I've worked with, but this was, I know, this was setting the bar. This was. Changing. This is a game changer across not in our industry, our, our mm -hmm. genre. I think really Ava had a, a goal, not just to have a successful show and surround itself by a, and tell a story, but it was to empower other women and hearing their voice. And it's been so really um, a, a blessing, but it's been so inspiring to see all these talented individuals. And that is like, wow, they got a new voice. It's a new opinion. You're not mm -hmm. with the same director. Mm. They all have a, a point of view. I was curious to how everybody saw it. So you always, as an actor, you're coming in prepared. You want to, you know your character well enough, especially mm -hmm. when we first met. It's like, I know my character. Yes. I know our history, even though it's been scattered throughout the whole, uh, over mm -hmm. the course of the entire seven seasons. But it was like depth with dialogue, which we had always been waiting you know, yeah. you know, and really in having that something, there was a lot of pressure, I know, for you. Mm -hmm. But it was pressure because, I mean, I mean, I know what everybody, had, all every point of view from a director had their stake in the game. And it was just short. You know, it was a minimal, you know, and I'd worked with Ava a few times with her directing. So I was very comfortable, but I loved it. It was exciting. I, th I just loved how she just set a bar. Yeah, you know, across one of the interesting things, and in, because in, Calvin has had a couple of show up at Nova's door moments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a little stalker ass. Yeah, yeah, I was worried there for a minute. Oh, I was like, showing up, a storm coming, and all of a sudden, yeah, ramping yeah. the door. But but one of the things I loved about this particular episode, and you know, credit to Patricia as a director and you and Rutina as actors. It's a lot of pressure, like you said, to pull off a sequence where it's just two actors mm -hmm. talking about emotions. And sometimes it can feel disconnected or people could lose interest. Yeah. But there was so much passion and history in that performance in these scenes where you guys are really dissecting a relationship. Mm -hmm. What was that experience like? Do you approach it from a standpoint of, let me think through, you know, what might have happened? Or do you really get into the moment? And you're Calvin sitting there yeah. trying to, to make an appeal to the woman that you love. Well, this is one of the hardest things for me that I've had to kind of catch back up. Because over the course of seven years, when you do a full season and then you take a leave of absence. Mm -hmm. And I was gone in the second season. I think I came back a couple episodes, yeah. and then I wasn't in season three. And then coming back in four, which was midway through, and that was good. So we had this very roller coaster journey, if you will. So it's like connecting with the character. But they lived with their characters for yeah. seven seasons, immersing themselves in a community in a city, working every day. So for me to check in, check out, check in, turn it on, turn it off. But with Retina we had such we already knew what we had established mm -hmm. but it's her growth where she has journeyed 
mm-hmm. in and out of relationships, uh, partners, yeah. uh, family, yeah. the trials and tribulations from her book. Nova has been in a lot of relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, well, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> we want to focus Nova, on Nova like, is where, what, what makes our heart beat, yes. all right? What moves the needle? Mm-hmm. Um, so after, I mean, what we went through during the COVID time, the beginning in season five, you know, so I was so excited about that journey. And then as we, unfortunately, I tested positive. You did, I remember. And so I had three weeks there. It was right after Thanksgiving. Yeah. I remember I got there and then I got tested and they called me a few hours later and they were like, Immediate you've quarantine. been popped, dude. And I was like, what? That's impossible. I mean, I, I'm worried about my family. Obviously, that's the first where you go. And y'all were prepared for this because mm-hmm. you already had, we had the pods and the A, B, and C. So a lot of people don't know that we were all broken up. You know, you took care of those that really, we had to worry about health issues or mm-hmm. children or whatever have you. But when I came at the end, I was like, how is this going to happen? Why? Of all days, this has to happen to me. And then I was quarantined for 10 days. Yeah. And then um, we shot nine episodes in seven days. Yeah. So that was the f- fastest. And I was there was a there was the good and the bad because I was like, man, yeah. either they're going to figure out we can shoot a lot more in a short amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, doing nine episodes was yeah. was I, I a lot of pressure because it was just Rutina and I mm-hmm. every day, full days, four a.m. on set, wardrobe, wee hours in the morning, yeah. the next day. So it was a beautiful thing, but it was in you know trying to tap into those emotions. But coming in after taking an, another leave, you know. In season six, um, which I was, man, I was crushed, you know, when I, because I didn't read the script because those scripts weren't coming to us. <laughs> and so, like, the day before, I received the ending. Mm-hmm. Calvin's walking. He conveys the truth. Yeah. And he's a, so having to own it yeah. and not knowing where to navigate and, and wanting forgiveness for something that uh, had occurred that, you know, he, he just tried to move on in his life um, and accept and just maybe it would be forgotten. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when it came to surface, it was a really heart-wrenching uh, material. I mean, it was heavy. And then to deliver it on that day, but then when I had left the canvas and nobody knows where I went. Yeah. How, you know, did I do time? Did I go to a special mm-hmm. treatment? And I was coming back to season seven with Patricia yeah. when, you, when right. you know, Ava called. Yeah. She's like, just one day, you call you when I call, answer my phone. I was like, you're all you're on my top list. If you're calling me, that's good. When PG calls me, I, I got to answer. Um, and that and that and that came and that phone call came in and I was just like, oh my god, thank you. I'm really allowed to go back because I I was like, there's such. Queen Sugar's my family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I knew as much as I was a part of this family, there was always, a, like, I just felt there was a missing piece, like, you know, because I hadn't journeyed through the whole way. But mm-hmm. coming back in is seven. It's like, we are going to make this moment as beautiful as ever. And so we had her, Patricia's leadership there. And mm-hmm. uh, and this was the first time we got to work together. So we had a nice dialogue and she prepared us and she gave us backstory of like, this is the course of the last seven seasons you know and all your material and it was like hundreds and hundreds of pages i was like we really did all this wow 
Um, yeah. Well, you know, it was a very important uh, part of 707 is Calvin and Noah's relationship. There were 12 pages of the two of you inside, inside and our growth your and the growth that took how shape change and what happened. In, you know, I think it was like a microcosmos of your journey. So I remember like when we first met, like we had rehearsal and and you asked me, well, where did I go? Did I go to jail? What happened? And then Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, am I coming back? Am no, I wearing the same didn't. clothes? And then yes. it, it, it's, it's like, it's in the rain. in your pocket. What's and, going on? Yeah. And, you know, and I, yeah. I didn't. But, you know, I just took it. You know, for me, it was such a, a big responsibility, a privilege, but also what, what a big responsibility mm-hmm. to, like, bring to a close your relationship. Mm-hmm. And in those 12 pages. And so I had to know what to be reminded of everything that have happened and i've seen you know the seven seasons but over seven years so i didn't remember everything so i yeah. watch some of i you know i watch as much of the episodes but I, that i could but then i asked the writers can i can you please send me like a summary of what happened in in each um season in each episode then they sent me all the pages it was 200 pages <laughs> It was a lot pages so it was remember you said it's more like a, than a feature film yeah it's i was like we only need 90 pages. You know, it's a 90-minute <laughs> film here. <laughs> but no, yeah, it was so. a lot of material. A lot, you know. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah. it, it, I think we were all up for that challenge and trying yes. to we, set that tone. Yes. And, you know, and, and, you know, and for me also as a, a director, it's also a little intimidating to come into with you and Rutina because you know your characters, yeah. you are both amazing actors and, and don't to be intrusive, you know, just yeah. to be respectful and give you the space, but also give them your guidance. Yeah. And for me, in addition to like all the emotional part, I also need to think, how is it going to look visually? It's like, mm-hmm. how do you shoot 12 yeah. pages? of dialogue of talking heads right. you know I had you know I, I love telling stories visually and they were all indoors and I had an amazing cinematographer Tico yeah. Herrera mm-hmm. and we just you know and we prepared a lot like you know to we and we did and we did and we did a rehearsal and we planned where the camera was going to be and how to make it look interesting and the another wonderful thing for for us as filmmakers, as director and cinematographer, was that there was a blackout, <laughs> that there was no light, because that gives us the opportunities yeah. to light with candles yeah. and yeah. lanterns, which looks beautiful. Yeah, it, the luminescence of what the room was, the tone that you were setting already. I mean, we knew that over the course of the storm that mm-hmm. takes place in the episode that we were going to be confined together. N- and that wasn't the way it was, what we, you know, I think, it was a surprise to all of us, you know, as characters, you know, for Calvin and Nova. I was like, oh, my God, now we're here. How We didn't want to repeat anything that we right, had once done, done. No. you know. Yes. And that's what Routine and I really were trying to, you know, express of just like we've been on that couch. And I'm thinking, well, who else have you been on that couch with now that I've been out of your life? Where, you know, and then yeah. um, and so we were trying to, you know, we had such a beautiful set that, you know, we want to make sure that we could capture it in all ways and stuff. And. You know, yeah. when you're at the hands of a good director, you just sit back and you do your part and, <laughs> and it will shine. I definitely think the, the metaphor of the storm shone through and definitely mm-hmm. the preparation really came out because mm-hmm. it was such a powerful scene, a sequence of scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this wasn't the only surprise in this episode. No. There uh, is. That same storm has finds Micah and Ralph Angel stuck in his old house. Right, At which, which, which it seemed like you know, 
Ralph Angel was pretty excited about being in his old house again because he's been out of it all season. And they get a surprise guest, which we've been kind of telegraphing might be coming for a while now. Yes, and that surprise guest was Chase Blue's biological father. Yeah. Mm. So that was the other huge thing of this episode is Ralph Angel meets Blue's biological father. And that was a spicy scene. You just knew. I mean, Kofi played it so well. It was a brewing storm outside the house, but there was one happening inside the house because yeah. inside. <laughs> yes. Because as as he started to describe this woman and what's happening, you could just see it. Ralph Angel was about to explode. Talk about that oh sequence. Oh my god, you know, like, you know, you know, like Kofi is such an incredible actor, you know, it's like, you know, his soul comes through his face. Mm. And, you know, it's very subtle. So, like even from when the first time that Chase comes in and, you know, there is something that he doesn't know what's going on. And then when he realizes this is the man who raped Arla mm-hmm. and who is Blue's biological father, he completely loses it and he's going to kill him. You know, he's going to, he starts beating him up. He mm-hmm. almost strangles him. And then Micah is the one who stops him. And it's like, you know, and that again was a lot of rehearsal because how do we get Micah, who is tiny, to stop Rafael, who's a giant, and working with the stunt coordinator? Like we made it believable, and he, Micah, stopped him from from killing hurting him, him, yeah, from absolutely. hurting him. Yeah. You know, so that was, and then uh, after, so finally Rafael like kicks Chase out of the house, and but then he comes and talks to Micah and like all that anger kind of like goes away of his face. And then he says, what if he comes after my son? Yeah. And yeah. his emotion there is like heartbreaking. It's yeah. like you really feel it. Yeah, he, he really played that well. Like the subtleness of it had a vulnerability to it because that's yes. his worst fear. Anything that could strip that relationship apart, you know, that, that Ralph Angel has with Blue. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they've been through so much over the seasons from the challenge of – Darla being absent, you know, Ralph Angel coping with the loss of his father, reconciling with Darla, Mm -hmm. but finding out that Blue is not his biological son. Then we, you know, literally go into this new world of COVID. George Floyd happens and, you know, that fathering instinct comes out again and he's he does everything to protect him. And now all of a sudden, his worst nightmare is sitting there right in his face. And I thought Kofi did such a an eloquent job of trying to balance that, you know, anger of what this man represents, but also the fear of what he has to lose. Mm-hmm. And yes. both of those run parallel, right? So we have mm-hmm. Calvin and Nova kind of in their house in the storm, you know, yeah. in their silo. We have Ralph Angel, Micah dealing with, yeah. you know, this whole concept of, you know, of, of maybe losing their, you know, his entire being, his mm-hmm. existence. But we also are following other families. Yes. Stories. You know, we also have uh, and by and Hollywood in their home with uh, Joaquin and Dante, which they are kind of fostering and dealing with, with the fact that uh, Joaquin knows that his uncle died in the farm. And uh, I know I, I, a great, beautiful scene because of... Uh, of uh, and by and Holly walking from Joaquin and Dante's room to their room, mm-hmm. and uh, and the challenge working with Tico is like, how do we light this? And I'm like, like, let's put just candles. And all what they do during the scene is like walking and turning off candles, you know. With, and it's such also a metaphor of their lives, like all the darkness and light, and mm-hmm. you know, it just mm-hmm. uh, 
it it was really 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 powerful a lot of what happened in this season was interesting because the writers the goal was Ava had really challenged them to dig back into those previous episodes and Mm -hmm. find some of those stories and so that story about his uncle which was such a a powerful moment in the early seasons yes as they were trying to get the farm up and I remember a scene I don't even know if you had to recall any of that but where they do that prayer where they come to the house and they do that prayer it was such a powerful scene and so it was great to see these lines, these connections happening mm-hmm. to the yes. final episodes yeah. of the last season. To see these characters starting to reconcile some of these mm-hmm. experiences that yes. they have. Same with Chase. You know, we've been hearing about this possibility of Blue having a biological father who we've never met. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. Chase is there right in front of him. I think that same epiphany, that same moment happens where, you know, Nova's moving on with being who Nova is, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden Calvin's there. Mm -hmm. And she's really having to face kind of, like you said, when Calvin walked out in season six, we don't know what happened. We're like, is he gone forever? Mm -hmm. Is, you know, I think you might have asked me, is he gone forever at the time? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like, (laughs) where'd I go? You know, I'm like. You know, and that's just, that is the challenge. But I'm like, she ain't finished. Mm. I know how mm. Ava works. And I know yeah. that 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 mind, that creative vessel that she, yeah. she possesses is something I know that she was just navigating her story. Yeah. And you just, yeah. it's an artist watching them put this, this beautiful canvas of work together and then just bringing it back full circle. Yeah. You know, but it was like, yeah, being addressed, looking at, somebody that uh, is so near and dear and and the most important I I wouldn't say maybe not the most important but a very very special shared emotional journey with Mm -hmm. and I think the two of them being face to face was a really difficult place to stand in Mm -hmm. it was hard to be there in her company and we, we when I got there I didn't see her until we got to set because I, we I wanted to make it very specific because I knew if we saw and we talked about it then we're already premeditating yeah yeah so I was like I love you don't take it personally but I can't see you until the day up mm-hmm. and even when we kind of did a little rehearsal beforehand I went my way and she went her way because I wanted to sit right. in that Keep that energy yeah in because it's important you mm-hmm. wanted to translate that on camera you know because we yeah. knew it was going to emote but it's just a matter of like you didn't want to be prepared and you know you just wanted to find your way through it yeah, yeah. navigating one of the things i love about the nova calvin relationship is there's just this iconic moments that exist right iconic. so obviously i like the word so so yeah. obviously <laughs> You know, the opening sequence, you know, yep. you guys are just, you know, the sexy couple. We don't even know who they are yet, but that, yeah, that, you that moment, that iconic moment of standing out on the balcony, mm-hmm. kind of overlooking yeah, Bourbon yeah, Street yeah, yeah. is amazing. But there's a, a moment in the end of the first season where Calvin finally takes Nova out for the first time. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we're going to go out on a date. You know, we're going to mm-hmm. go out and be out in the open for the first time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you go to that bar. Yeah. And run into one of your police officer friends. Yeah. And I'll never forget, I mean, the outrage uh, the audience had when that officer spit on Nova. Oh, yeah. And Calvin goes ballistic and yeah. tries to rip into this guy. Yeah. And that's how we left the relationship in season one. Mm-hmm. Just a, a you know unbelievable moment. But equally, they break up. 
we don't see Calvin again for a while. And there's that one scene where Calvin comes into the coffee shop. Yeah. You got the aviator glasses, the (laughs) slick back hair, you know. You should talk about Calvin's hair. Oh, the how? There was a... There was a Calvin fetish of the hair. There was. Yeah, you know, that was... (laughs) I remember because... Is that your first black barber experience? Yeah, well, it was like trying to, you know... You, I mean, everybody, to bring, not everybody gets a black barber experience. So I've never changed since. I'm like, Wayne, where are you? I will fly to you to get the greatest cut of all time. Wayne, I, I got to just, about the haircut, because Ava and I's conversation, I said, this is important to me because I've been kind of pigeon, you know, cornered about this certain look, okay? So I wanted to, I knew I had a character moment. And I wanted to create something with edge and, and just a little offbeat, you know, and, and changing my hair, the dynamic was, is important to me. And, and, and getting into the character. Mm-hmm. And so when we were on set, we were trying to find somebody to cut the hair, but they didn't have a barber. So Wayne came in and was just there to cut my hair. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we have to keep him. <laughs> and then, because everybody, Kofi, you know, it was Omar, everybody, Timon, we were all, Dre, you know, everybody was getting their hair cut, and he was just, like, fixing it all up. And I'm like, and then the Calvin haircut became the model. Yeah. Like, Sam, everybody's, like, trying to get the haircut. Hey, can I get that haircut? Get, give me the Calvin cut. You go with the Calvin cut. <laughs> so, by the end of the season, I'm like, why is there so many Calvin cuts? <laughs> it it was so cool. Style. It was really cool. It was. And so, and then how it evolved over the course of seven years, you know, mm-hmm. it was like, I was like trying to always grow my hair back, you know, and mm-hmm. keep it longer for, in preparation for Ava to call. <laughs> and then I was like, well, you know, I got to cut my hair. But it got, it, that was the growth and that, the course, the journey over that seven years. So I was happy where it started, but. I was happy where it ended. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, right. it 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 was it was such a journey, and it really was. But I I do going back to the beginning of that scene, and that Ava directed that first and second episode, and we got that done. And that fight was, I mean, it began and ended that season. Yeah. In the yeah. in the course of those first thirteen episodes, and um, by then I was just so deep into my character and yeah. and. Rue, she she was my girl. It's a ride or die. (laughs) That is a great segue to a section where um, I'm going to give you guys a question each, and I'm going to try to stomp you. I'm going to try to give you a question that you cannot answer. Oh, my God. And we're going to really test your skills. So I'm going to start with you, Greg. Oh, boy, the pressure. I mean, we're talking about – I'm going to give you a question about you – about Calvin and Nova. I mean, this is Calvin. Nova is the love of Calvin's life. Mm-hmm. Calvin has to know everything about Nova. Mm-hmm. What kind of car does she drive the first season? Oh, man. You, that is, uh, <laughs> wait a minute. I got to think about this. Uh, that's a tough one. You know what? Because I think I was at, no, but that wasn't, no. I made the phone call sitting outside. Tina was directing. I leaned up against it, and I was leaning against the car. She's sitting in the window doing her work on her computer, and, mm-hmm. and I appeared, and I don't recall the car. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. The wait. color, it was in the driveway. We had to keep moving it because we were in the ninth ward. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it was a blue Prius. Environment, yeah. 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 We had her as a environmentally friendly car. She had the garden. She had... 
you know, her little grow factory in the back closet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Blue Prius. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I was so distracted by uh, all, her personal car that she used to drive. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to stay in the vein of Nova. Mm-hmm. As Greg mentioned, beyond being a neighborhood activist, mm-hmm. Nova had a extracurricular Activity? Activity. Or she sold pot. She did. That's not the question, though. Okay. <laughs> what was her dealer's name? Tooth. Sweet Tooth. Nope. No? Rid. Weed. Okay. Okay. But that is, I think, one of the great things about this season is that we're able to wrap up some of these stories. Yes. And you guys played such a, a rich role in the history of Queen Sugar. And it's so wonderful to have met both of you, to have you come back in this last season and direct under our all-star banner. And then always I got a chance to run the streets of New Orleans at night with Greg one more time for old time's sake. But thanks for coming in and sharing with us here today. And I know that there will be some new surprises coming up. We still have one more episode that you've directed. Yes. That'll be happening next week. I'm going to hope for the best and know that I'm going to see you again one day. Well, thank you guys. Thank you. I'm so excited. Proud. (laughs)